Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine. Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. On SAFM. Seven minutes after one o'clock. Good afternoon to you. My name is Pimelo Mutine. You're on Life Happens and this is SAFM. I promised you last week that we are going to go back to an interview I had with an aviation expert, Guy Leach, who said some really interesting things. And I just wanted us to go back to it because... I was quite alarmed, number one, by what he was saying. I really, to be quite honest, I didn't expect him to go there. But he himself did have a disclaimer. He's going. He said, you know, this is going to, it's not going to be popular view, but I'm going to say it anyway. So there was that disclaimer. So I've invited those who he was talking about to come on the show and respond for themselves. So this is what he had to say. The issue of the hierarchy of the pilots could it, it have been adapted to South Africa's, as we know, very difficult history? It could, but at a great risk to the safety reputation of the airline. I know this is an extremely unpopular thing for me to say, um, but essentially the attack on the seniority system was by the junior um, and African pilots. They, let me hasten to point out that they called themselves the African pilots. And I also need to go out on a limb here um, and point out that the so-called, the seven pilots who wrote a a letter to government um, were actually the weakest of all the pilots. Those were the ones who needed protection the most. If those pilots were elevated prematurely to captain positions, there would be an outcry about the safety of the airline. Um, simply because you now had pilots who had very poor experiences in terms of their safety record already, um, who didn't have the necessary qualifications, who didn't have instructors' capabilities and so on, being promoted. And let me assure everyone that the critics would say that the airline was unsafe. Um, Whether that was true or not would be arguable, but uh, an airline depends on its reputation as much as its safety record. And if SAA's reputation was compromised, the passengers would choose to fly on other airlines. So I don't think that there's a good enough argument to be made under any circumstances for messing with seniority lists, uh, particularly from under pressure from an origin, already weak core of pilots. All right, let's give you a little bit of context. So there was a letter that was written dated 18 April 2020, and it was written by a group called African and Designated Group Pilots of South African Airways, and who stated a couple of things. So we've decided to give them the right of reply based on what Guy Leach had said. The basis of our conversation with Guy Leach, by the way, was not just this. We were having an analytical view of what was happening at SAA. So we'll go there. But I do think it's important for us to address this particular issue. So this is is a senior first officer at SAA, who is one of the people that Guy is referring to who belongs to this group that penned this letter. Good afternoon and thank you so much for joining us, Mr. Ngumalo. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Pimelo, and good afternoon to your listeners. Thank just, you for having us. Just for context, what is it that your letter was stating? So, the, 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 in general, the context uh, was uh, the letter was addressing the misfortunes and uh, mostly the, the, the issues that we faced as uh, the, 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 essentially the minority this time in a pilot body in, the, in, in, in SAA. So, we thought it would be necessary for us to bring it to attention the 
the critical core issues that we have faced, and one of them being that with the current possible retrenchments we are facing, uh, most of the black, uh, Indian, and colored pilots were going to be furloughed if they followed the principle of last year and first out, as it is documented and in, in the regulating agreement signed between the Pilots Association and the company. Okay, let's just quickly unpack that last in, first, uh, last, last in, first out thing. <laughs> oh, and, and the reason is, and that's the hierarchy we were talking about, to say Correct. that you have pilots who've been in, in, for, let's talk about SAA specifically, who have been pilots for a very long time, and there is this notion about those evergreen contracts that they have, Correct. and because they've been there for long enough, for, for a long enough time, as opposed to the younger ones coming through, they're likely to be more secure than the younger ones that are coming through. Have I phrased it properly? You phrased it correctly. So essentially, I'm just going to give you a quick background on how the, the seniority list uh, uh, works. It is basically a list that's populated uh, with regards to your date of signing or your date of birth or your uh, level of qualification. So let's say for between me and you and Pimelo joined in 1994, I joined in 2000, Pimelo will be far senior than me and I'll be number two. So in that essence, um, you're progressing through the, 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 the hierarchy, if you can call it that way, from junior first officer, senior first officer, junior captain to senior captain with regards to the list. And it is actually a natural attrition list. So it depends on retirement, so the more or res- resignations. If someone retires, you move one slot up, and so so on and so forth. So because uh, the black pilots and coloured Indian pilots were only um, allowed basically to 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 be employed by SA post 1994, um, the seniority list bottom part of it is mostly populated by this designated group. So we, we see there that if the, the principle of LIFO, as I said, for last year first out was followed, we would lose all of that uh, uh, work done, which is essentially done by the government through the cadet pilot training scheme. And uh, if, if, we, if I can get into detail there with how much it costs to train a single pilot, it's effectively one million rands that the government has invested. So in our list, uh, we, we know that there are 133 pilots of color, and it's essentially 133 million rands gone down the drain if just, we were just, all those jobs. Help me out here, because I want you to distinguish what do you mean by color, because I'm looking at the numbers, and just for those who are listening so that they have a clear understanding of what you mean by color, when you mean color, you're including Indian, colored, and Africans? That's correct, yeah. So all that's right. uh, five uh, female African females, five uh, two uh, colored females, and uh, four Indian females. And then that's the 56 African males, 23 colored males, and the 43 Indian males. As opposed to 438 white males. And 52 white females. <laughs> okay. All right. Look, is there anything... Who were you addressing this letter to, by the way? Who did you want to, to, to have sight of this? We wanted the, the DPE to take cognizance of the fact that the, the government has taken strides to address transformation and we also wanted the parliament to also be to to recognize that there is a voice within the pilot body that speaks for the minority in this case and it's heartbreaking that i use the word minority in an industry and a a state-owned entity where representation should be equal and um, we were also appealing to the public to actually now put these figures out there so the public can actually realize that not all is as good as it seems um, we we have become 
a pretty much a light and a beacon of hope for some of the most junior pilots and the aspiring pilots out there. The 10-year-old kid who sees you walking out of the aircraft with a uniform, to, to them, they see something possible. It's no longer a dream. It is a possibility. So imagine if all of that was erased, it definitely diminishes the light that most people have. Let's put you in perspective and your, your level in perspective, uh, Mr. Ngumalo, you know, because Guy Leach says you are the weakest of the lot. Senior <laughs> First Officer SAA, what does that mean? Where do you fall in in the rankings? Okay, so I'm, uh, I'm a Senior First Officer, which I've been employed by the airline for the past eight years. Mm-hmm. And uh, let me put everything into perspective. There are seven signatures in that letter. Yes. Um, we've got the most experienced guy being Mawetu has 17 years experience in the airline and I'm the most junior with eight years and on an average we're looking at about 13 14 years of experience combined for seven of us okay so if I went into your flight and you were the pilot on the day he has made the claim that uh, the reputation of the airline number one would be at risk, and number two, <sighs> you would need support. So, should I be worried if you said, uh, "Ladies and gentlemen, uh, <laughs> at the helm today is Busiso Ngumalo"? What's the reality of that? Uh, look, these allegations are very serious, and um, it begs to question: if he has this knowledge, how did he get it? Because if if these allegations are true, and he had access to our training files, that's a breach of of company policy and if he has someone who fed him that information that is also another breach because these these files are are very very uh, confidential and secondly this absolutely undermines the credibility of the airline itself the training department and it also undermines the civil aviation authority which is the mother body that we we are all subjected to these are the laws that we have to live by every day so to say to make such statements publicly but not only does it, does it go back to what he says when he says that the company's reputation will be put into question? It actually affects the the, 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 the possibility of the company generating income because as a passenger, Pamela, would you be comfortable to now, after that statement, pay and book a flight on South African Airways? No, no, no. I'm asking you because I want you to tell me the truth. You know, he says yeah. he says you would never be able to fly the, to fly by yourself. You would need support and all of that. It's important for me to know that if you say to me, as Wusungumalo is is at the helm today, whether <laughs> I actually pack my bags and leave the flight or not, is it true? It's not true. I have absolute confidence in my flying skills and abilities, and I, I can safely vouch for everyone on that list with regards to their experience. Just to give you a, cred- uh, a bit of a background on one of the guys. He was the same pilot who flew from Johannesburg to Wuhan in order to repatriate some of our passengers that were stuck. I mean, our, 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 our South African uh, colleagues and brought them back. We've got guys who have just recently come back, three of the guys, actually, who've just recently come back from Airbus trading institutions worldwide and have successfully completed uh, the Airbus A350 training course. And this was under the, the supervision and the training of pilots from uh, from Airbus. These are Airbus approved. So to say that um, we are the weakest <laughs> link in, in the system is, is really an insult. And we actually 
looking at our options with regards to that statement at this point. All right, Mr. Swissisungumala, thank you. I'm going to have to leave it there. He's a senior first officer at SAA. I want to bring in an independent voice now, Puteho Mujapili, and uh, he is an aviation analyst. I hope it's not Mujapilu. Puteho, good afternoon, and thank you so much for joining us. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. uh, uh. Help me out. Is it Mujapili or Mujapilu? No, it's Mojapili. Okay, Mojapili. Mojapili. Okay. Yes. The first one, Khuba, must be Mopleiting. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for joining us. You've heard the clip, I hope, uh, that came from Guy Leach, a, co- a colleague of yours, and who, who, who stated the things that he stated. Your, your analysis of that statement? Thank you very much, and uh, listeners, uh, Penelo. Um, firstly, let me let me just say, um, I throughout the years uh, when I became an aviator, uh, throughout the years I I read Guy Leach's uh, publication, uh, SA Flyer magazine, for many years, and I'm still continue to read it. Mm-hmm. And I had huge respect for what he stands for uh, in our uh, aviation industry, mm-hmm. and. Um, what I had uh, on this clip last week, I, I am literally shocked uh, to the core uh, that uh, a professional someone can make that comment, especially having to understand the history of our country. I think it, it is very much unfortunate that he chose to this platform to voice his own personal, because this is not... Uh, it, I would not analyze anybody like that if I were to ask to analyze anything, because I think it was just very much unprofessional, and I think he, he shouldn't have said that, and I'm sure where he is, he, he will agree with me. Uh, I'm not attacking him, and I'm not here to attack him, but I'm going to state the facts here. Um, in 1997, when SAA uh, got transferred uh, from uh, Transnet and coming into, into uh, you know, becoming an SOE, there was a history that was there, uh, and that history cannot be wiped. Uh, the fact of the matter is that we were excluded. Majority of the black aviators were excluded uh, from uh, participating on SAA, being pilots or any other structure that is there at SAA. Now, the agreement between uh, the pilots at the time and, 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 and now into the new dispensation was that... Uh, the seniority should not be tempered with. But at the time, we didn't have people that could uh, object occupy. to that. Mm. Yes, and occupy that and object to that. And, and we must understand this is a legacy pro- uh, problem which was supposed to have been addressed by the very same government that we have over the years. Um, and, and that was not uh, corrected over the years as we started seeing the likes of Captain uh, Mamashel, the likes of Captain Vusi um, Kumalo uh, coming through. Uh, these are the most senior captains that we have, black captains that we have at SAA. Uh, and, uh, you know, and others that are there. Eric Manenze is one of them. And, and, and all that has been left into those, those guys that have been there for years. Uh, not correcting. I mean, you've got training captains. We don't have a, a training captains in black training captains at SAA. I, I mean, you go to the likes of uh, Kenya Airways and look at Kenya Airways. We don't have instructors there. We don't. Our our the black people are not represented in that. So the argument of these 
gentlemen, Spasiso uh, and Asnaf and the whole team, it's justified, for God's sake. It is justified. It is, it is true that they are going to be left out. It is true that uh, uh, they are not going to participate in the new airline should the government decide to choose those that uh, came last should be the ones that are going to be left out. Because the truth is that they came late. They came last. And, and what are we doing with the, uh, with the government policy in terms of uh, the numbers that needs to represent uh, uh, in the company? I mean, you go to Air Force. Air Force is fully transformed. Mr. Mojapile, let me, let me just hold you there just uh, for a second because I want to introduce somebody else in this conversation because there are other things that I want us to touch on as well. Uh, okay. Captain Mpo Mamashela, who, as you said, is one of the senior uh, captains we've got at SAA. And thank you so much for making the time to speak to us, Captain. Good afternoon. Hi, good afternoon. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, good afternoon, Pamelo, and good afternoon, all listeners and uh, fellow aviators on the program. And, and I'm sure everybody heard me say captain. Okay, so you are a captain. Um, with all that you've heard and, and where you sit right now, I'm, I'm made to understand that there was at some stage a program that supported for people of color to get to where you are. What happened to that program? Okay, uh, Pamela, um, first of all, okay, let me put things into perspective. Yes. I am I am the fleet captain of the long-range fleet on at South African Airways, yes. um, which only the most senior pilots get to mm. reach that um, fleet mm. um, as operating pilots. Yes. Um, I was one of the first four pilots um, four black pilots to join the SAA in 1994. And I was actually um, instrumental in initiating our, I was the person who actually helped to initiate the pilot cadet training program, mm-hmm. um, which was based on my own training that I underwent with Lufthansa Flying Training School in Germany and in Phoenix, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, that program, um, I had gone through to um, to the Transnet at the time under the leadership of uh, the chairman called Mr. Mulman. Mr. Mamashela, can I just ask you a quick question? Yes. Um, you've just outlined the training that you received and you've included in there because that was what I was curious about. That, for instance, in in your career, people that added value to your career is things like Lufthansa and so on. In other right. words, had it not been the case and had you relied only on SAA, would that have been the case? Would you have been a captain? Well, so... so, so um, Look, my training actually brought me to a point where I joined SAA, and unfortunately, yes. um, even though I had a lot of experience, yes. the seniority system yeah. um, uh, excluded me from being able to be appointed directly as a captain, mm. whereas I've been flying previously in, at Anglo-American as a captain. Yes. Wow. Um, okay. and, wow. and this is a big problem that we've had, is that South African Airways is a government-owned entity, which should have been applying government policies. Mm. And, and unfortunately, there's always been a sort of a very hands-off approach when it comes to aviation. I think either because people don't have the confidence and knowledge of aviation, so they've always left it. So it was a big battle. Mm. Even for myself to get the cadet training program, mm. it was very much against the, the wishes of the then flight operations management. Mm. So myself and Mr. Tepo Peche, who 
subsequently ran and opened up South Africa's first um, office in ICAO, mm. we were the ones who went to Transnet when Transnet embarked on what they call the Turn Strategy Council yes. and introduced the prospect of actually having a training program that will bring in um, black pilots. Mm. This so, program was endorsed and supported by the chairperson, yes. Mr. Moorman, and he gave an instruction that it, it, it must happen at South African Airways. And the program was started, and I suffered a lot of uh, pain and grief as a result of that because the, the then management were anti it, and mm. they, they took it against me that, was this not the program that you mentioned? Mm. Now we've got this thing coming. And I said, yes, I went to the Transnet to attend the Turnstrategy Council, and they embraced it. Mm. Um, so now the thing is, what I want to point out, is that nobody was born in an aircraft. And I've said this before. <laughs> nobody was born in a, in a, in a hangar to prepare. Mm. We all go for training, mm. both black and white. We've mm. all gone for training. And training in all countries, there is no country that has a different pilot training course for black people, for white people, for Indians and colors. Mm. We write the exact same test. We fly the same test requirements and we are issued with one license. And therefore, I take serious offense when someone tries to make mention that um, a black pilot's qualification is inferior. South African Airways, as an airline, has an international reputation for its safety record. Which he says he says it's precisely because uh, he uh, South African Airlines has stuck to its principles of remaining with the status quo. That's what he says. He says actually, if that were to change, its reputation would be compromised. Your response? No, to that? I, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to differ very very strong with anyone that says so. Yeah. Um, the, the 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 only problem that we've had at South African Airways is that. The government's position of varying standoff has meant that it was, as a state-owned entity, it was allowed to continue without actually implementing a proper transformation policy and having a training program. Um, the pilots that are flying there are, are trained and we are tested every year. If you don't meet the South African Airways standard, you are then asked to leave. And it has happened on several occasions Captain with Mpum different pilots. Captain so Mpum those Mpum pilots who are I there are maintaining the standards. May I just please interrupt you there and ask if you can just pause for a second. We've got to go to the headlines, but we will be back with more. And I'm in conversation with an aviation expert and also a senior captain at SAA. We're discussing that clip that you heard earlier from Guy Leach last week. And we'll play it again if you didn't hear it. But we'll be back with this uh, after this. It's just gone 1.30. Let's go to Uzi Lesagu for the very latest in headlines. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 104.3 FM in Rustenburg. Thank you so much for staying with us. We really are addressing one particular issue at the moment, uh, the issue of hierarchy at SAA. There are other things as well that we will put in perspective, but this is the one thing that I just wanted us to just close off. And I was in conversation with Captain Mpumamashela, who before we went to the uh, headlines was just giving us an outline of his personal experience at the airline and, and the issues that he finds problematic at the moment. Before we let him go, I just want him to conclude on, on really his 
his take on what was really for me a shocking statement. And for those who hadn't heard it, let's just play it again. The issue of the hierarchy of the pilots, could it, it have been adapted to South Africa's, as we know, very difficult history? It could, but at a great risk to the safety reputation of the airline. I know this is an extremely unpopular thing for me to say, um, but essentially the attack on the seniority system was by the junior um, and African pilots. They, let me hasten to point out that they called themselves the African pilots. And I also need to go out on a limb here um, and point out that the so-called the seven pilots who wrote a, a letter to government um, were actually the weakest of all the pilots. Those were the ones who needed protection the most. If those pilots were elevated prematurely to captain positions, the, uh, there would be a, an outcry about the safety of the airline, um, simply because you now had pilots who had very poor experiences in terms of their safety record already, um, who didn't have the necessary qualifications, who didn't have instructors' capabilities and so on, being promoted. And let me assure everyone that the critics would say that the airline was unsafe. Um, whether that was true or not would be arguable, but uh, an airline depends on its reputation as much as its safety record. And if SAA's reputation was compromised, the passengers would choose to fly on other airlines. So I don't think that there's a good enough argument to be made under any circumstances for messing with seniority lists, uh, particularly from under pressure from an origin, already weak core of pilots. Right, Captain Mpoma Mashela is a senior captain at SAA who's given us quite an extensive background to where, I suppose, where all of this comes from. But, Captain, before we went to the headlines, you were still outlining um, the difficulties you had, for instance, in, in introducing a program that was going to allow African pilots to at least get to a point where they themselves can be captains and so on. What happened to that program? Well, the, the program has actually produced most of the black pilots that the airline currently has. And it was very unfortunate that um, at some point, some years back, um, the, the leadership uh, then decided that it needs to be cut out as a form of cost cutting. So again, this shows the lack of alignment with government's policies of saying, hang on a minute, this is not about a cost, it's about transformation and empowerment. Um, the other thing which I do want to make a point very clearly is that um, I am very concerned about the statement that we have pilots who are actually weak. Um, if the pilots did not meet South African Airways standards, they will not be in South African Airways. Uh, we have a very strict protocols of training, and that is also further supported by the fact that the world all over comes over, comes to South Africa, to South African Airways in particular, to recruit. Last year, we had over 120 pilots being going through to the likes of Emirates, Qatar, um, Singapore Airlines, and various airlines who all come and recruit. And that's testament to the standards that South African Airways has in terms of training. And the fact also is that some of those, most of those first officers have already been given an indication that because of their high level of experience, they will only spend a short time as first officers and then they will be made captains in those airlines. So I stand here in protecting the, the, the standards of South African Airways mm. to say that has never been compromised and I have never will never endorse that as a fleet captain of of, of the of, of that. Any anybody who is found to be weak 
those uh, um, those things are addressed. And if you don't reach the standards, you are asked to leave. So as long as the pilot is still flying with African Airways today, I would like to assure you that he or she has got the highest level of standards. And that is why South African Airways is allowed to fly all over the world without any restrictions. So that's just one thing I really wanted to make clarity on that. But as I said, the 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 the, the management of where we have come through to with our airline and the things like those things like transformation, um, unfortunately, have not been managed as well as they should have been. And that is why it, it, it becomes an issue today because because um, LIFO does have a problem. Um, I joined the airline with a lot more experience than some of the people who I flew as captain. But I could not be a captain because the, the seniority system d- did not allow it. Um, but it's something that some that the, the company should have taken to, to task and manage it properly, which unfortunately we have failed to do so. And neither has government endorsed and forced it to say, hang on, it needs to have been applied. When you look at institutions like ESCOM and other places where transformation and, and all those sort of things have been addressed. So it is unfortunate, but I'd like to stand clear on the standards of SAA that there is nobody who's of substandard. And if anybody has got such things, they need to bring it forward to, to me. And, and, and those instructors that have been involved with the training of these pilots will definitely be taken to task because then there's a falsification of, 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 of qualifications and falsification of performance. And I would like to challenge the, 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 the persons who are saying so to step forward and come forward without, in, without, without um, evidence because that's a very serious allegation that is on the standards of South African Airways, really? which we pride ourselves on. Very appreciate the time you've given us, Senior Captain Mpomamashela at SAA, just defending uh, the quality of the work that they pro- that they that he stands for at SAA. So that was part of the conversation we had with Guy Leach. And by the way, we have extended uh, an invitation again to Guy Leach to say he's more than welcome to be a part of this again. Uh, he said he'll listen in, and if there is any issues, he will call in again and then you know state his case. But let's get back to the issue. I mean. The Part of the problem here was that we were discussing SAA as a whole and and the issues of privatization and what is possible. So let me come back to my aviation analyst, Putejo Mujapili, who just needs to help me understand also the other issues. So I had asked him about the evergreen contracts of procurement. Your understanding of the problem there, if you can just give us a brief understanding, Mr. Mujapili. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Pimelo, once again. I, I think the SAA um, needs to look at a uh, couple of things. There are a couple of things that are at play at SAA, which is one of them, uh, the same thing that we're talking about now, the evergreen contracts. Um, there's quite a lot of uh, extensive costs that has been uh, locked into SAA with a legacy. Uh, if, if, if I were to say, yes. with a legacy where it comes from. Now, if you were to uh, take, for example, you look at uh, how you can establish a new entity in the form of a, a, a new airline or a revamped SAA, you've got to look at those first because it cannot move on uh, to the new entity with the same things that we've, we've been experiencing in the past. I mean, I could bring... Uh, 
you know, uh, the graph, uh, the graphics to have a look at, uh, compared with Ethiopian Airlines, compared with uh, many other airlines that are operating in Africa, your Kenyan Airways, and so on. So with South African Airways, we we have we have more costs on these evergreen contracts than on an actual operation of an airline. And until we resolve those things, we would we would uh, we would at least be able to uh, to make money, and and the airline would start to be able to be efficient and 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 providing um, the enough returns that the state has invested in it. But until such time, we would not. In actual fact, I'm I'm in agreement that. Uh, the, the initial idea of bringing it to the ashes, uh, you know, and, and restart it from, from the scratch, I think it would work, actually, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Having to consider all these other elements that are in there, and I believe that uh, we've got to to consider that part to make sure that uh, SAA is... And, and, and bring people that are experienced to make sure that we implement this. I mean, we have... So much experience uh, uh, in the country that uh, people that can come on board and, and advise and make sure that when the airlines comes out of the ashes, it reflects the true South African identity. And on top of that, it is going to be efficient and it's going to make money for the state and, and, and for uh, for the generation that is going to come and join the airline uh, to run it as a business. Mr. Majapili, help me out here because this is where I'm not clear. And he, he, gave, he, he Guy Leach, when I say he, gave me his understanding of, of what I was uh, trying to ask in, in the sense that with regards to procure, evergreen procurement contracts, if we were to bring the airline to ashes and start again would that nullify those contracts look once you start from the scratch if you start from the scratch if you were to let's say you've got a contract that has been signed and it cannot you cannot get out of it Uh, you know you you can't get out of it unless the entire company it's literally on the on the ground it's on the edges then you would be able, it's easier for you to come out of it because you're starting something new. Then the airline would be able to start making money out of, uh, out of that. But at this current form that SAA is, there is no way that we are going to, to see anything happening as far as the returns coming back to us. There's, there's absolutely, Pimelo, uh, you know, we, we have spent so much on SAA trying to make it viable mm. uh, as a country. I mean, you know, you, you, you know, you in the news, you can see on the news. All of us as where we're sitting, we can see where the bulk of the money is going. And, and but we're not seeing any return. There's no, there's, no where, there's no point where we say SAA is now at least floating. We are able to see where it's going. It's because of some of these decisions that were taken as a legacy. Mm-hmm. You know, some of these things that are not being addressed uh, in terms of uh, employment equity and, and so on. And we are not, we are not going to, to really address the elephant in the room by not touching those uh, evergreen contracts. All right. Let's just get some voice notes. Lots of people want to comment on your, your commentary there. Uh, let me just take one for now. You and the listeners on listening to both sides of the story with regards to the airlines. I sense that the junior pilots are being prejudiced in a racial manner, which is not good for the airline on its own. Leave the safety aspect. Thank you so much from Chapter 2. 
Um, Pamelo, really, I'm so disappointed in this Guy Leach person. I mean, and you assume that this person called Guy Leach is an adult. How does an adult come on inter- on, on, on national radio and insult um, people? I'm assuming that it's someone who views themselves as, as being experienced. So they basically came on radio and they undermined and insulted um, staff whom they perceive as being junior. Um, really, um, the person, they should not have said this. Um, they're out of line. Um, uh, we are proud of you we know that you are capable and SAA will weather the storm um, but I'm just really disappointed in what Guy Leach said because no adults would say that I, I just, I'm just trying to think what kind of mentality must a person have in order to come on national radio and insult and undermine other professionals I don't know who he is but I'm just asking myself what kind of mentality does he have if he can say such things about other people in such an industry as this. All right, so obviously uh, my, my guest this afternoon is an aviation analyst, Putejo uh, Mujabeli, who we're, we're rounding up the conversation now. And, and a lot has happened since we spoke to Guy Leach, by the way. On Friday, there was a court ruling um, that was in favor of the unions and how people were going to be given, I suppose, uh, severance packages and so on. Uh, and, and the ruling was that it was not fair. From where you sit right now, Mr. Mujabeli, I mean, a lot has happened and a lot lot is happening very quickly with what was meant to be a rescue plan and so on and there was supposed to be an explanation to parliament and all of that stuff where does this leave us where are we now with SAA and where do you think we should be headed uh, okay with the court ruling it simply means uh, it, 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 it's a it's a short uh, 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 victory I must say yes. uh, for the unions uh, I, I must say it's just a, literally a, a short little victory Uh, however it gives the unions it gives the government it gives everybody they're all the role players at saa to literally look at uh, what is it that uh, they need to do in terms of uh, making sure that once the decision has been made that we are now going to close this airline and this is what we are going to do then it gives them the opportunity to to, to address the issues that we need to address, meaning that what is it that we want to see mm. out of the new airline? Is, uh, do, we, do we want to see the SAA in its current form, or do we want to see SAA that is inclusive? Part of the things that I think it should happen here, especially with the unions, is that SA Express, as a feeder program of SAA, uh, should be empowered. It should not be left out as, a, as an entity, because wh- once you leave that, you also closing uh, the market, especially on the small doorpiece and, and, you know, where Express goes in the small uh, towns and, and whatnot. So we needed to make sure that part of SAA, it includes that. And also, we make sure that uh, the issue of transformation gets addressed, because we've got to address that as well. For us to be able to move forward, it gets addressed. And we are repositioning ourselves in a manner that we are able to make sure that once we come out of the ground, we have a clear direction as to this is where we're heading and this is how we want to make uh, uh, us being seen on the market. You can go to Ethiopia, uh, Pimelo, and, and have a look at Ethiopian Airlines, how they started. They started as nobodies because they had an agenda that would address the needs of the country, so- which is... So I beg your pardon, I'm just going to rush quickly because I need this answered quickly for me. 
if if you have entities within, for instance, like senior captain um, Mamashela that we spoke, Mamashela that we spoke to, who themselves were battling internally, I'm asking myself. Where were the unions all this time? I mean, I see their role now, but it, it seems to me like we're having this conversation. So much time has lapsed. So much has happened. And, and I'm concerned about where were they all that time? It's a very good question. And this is what I also uh, mentioned last time that, you know, unions need to start behaving like a stakeholders in this airline. We, we can't be having unions that are only... Uh, making noise when uh, there's a salary to be tempered with uh, or the job losses. But we need unions that should have been up in front and fighting this whole thing and making sure that they make their voice heard. Because if you're not going to do that, it's going to be business as usual and it's going to be uh, the kind of a situation where whenever there's a a strike, then that's when you hear the unions coming up. But uh, the fact of the matter is that unions need to start behaving like a stakeholder. They need to be taken into. When there's a CEO getting appointed, they, they need to make their voice heard. As much as they went to court now mm. to fight this uh, um, uh, retrenchment, they should also go to court whenever there's something that they are not happy with uh, to fight it in the court of law so that it can be judged accordingly. Uh, not only now. But I'm not, I, I understand their role is to protect their members and their employees and to make sure that uh, uh, they keep their jobs. But their role should not be limited to the jobs, but it should also be limited to the agenda of the country, of the transformation, the, the making sure that the airline is working efficiently. And everything is addressed and they participate fully in terms of making sure that the airline is sustainable. Aviation Analyst. We're going to have to leave it there. We have run out of time. And thank you all of you for taking part in this conversation. I'll be back with more after this.